Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. So welcome to Sarah and Beatrix. So Sarah Honey and Beatrix Castan. Is that my Castan? Um, I am, it was really fun to have both of you together on this because I met both of you together at the um, Lido de Paris at the reunion for Bluebells Forever. And I think I talked to you because we had common uh, friends. And like, I know that, that uh, Beatrix, you work for Greg Thompson. So I think we talked about that. And Sarah, we have several friends that overlap between Hello Hollywood and Jubilee. But what stands mm-hmm. out to me is be- because I was telling you, I went to the reunion by myself. I didn't have any friends to go with. I had a friend that I wanted to go with who passed. And then I kind of found people there that I knew, but just because people had their friends and it was all, there was so much going on. I, I felt like I'd made friends with all, all of you all. We were in line, but oh, yeah. I remember being, because we went to the, um, the show at the Lido the first night after, which was wonderful after that first get to know each other. And the second night that we had the option to go to the Moulin Rouge, which wasn't everybody that came to the reunion, but it was a lot. And so mm-hmm. I got there way too early because I was make sure I could find it. And I'm just standing out front, like, okay, I'm by myself. And then I see like the sea of tall, beautiful women <laughs> and men. And I'm like, I think those are dancers. Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember you guys were waiting. We were waiting to get in. I think just got there early. So we went to have drinks. And I just was so appreciative that you had me come with you because I shared, I think with a few people, I still feel like I'm back in junior high sometimes when there's a crowd of people and you're like, okay, they're friends. Um, try to figure out who to talk to. And the fact that you guys just included me with your super fun friend group, uh, we went for cocktails and then seeing the show with you was so great. Cause I knew you had the bluebell connection, but also the Moulin Rouge, which is really fun to hear both sides of that. Cause it's different experience. And then to see the show with people who were in it made it just, it was just a lovely night. And I feel like it, it to me, feels like the cap of this wonderful week was to share it with people and to celebrate it together. Cause I was totally fine exploring uh, Paris all by myself, but also there was a time like, it was just really fun to connect with Bluebells and like our common thing, like, like you even said, Beatrix, it's a family that once you find your other family members, you like, come on in. Yeah. So I just wanted to lead with that because as soon as we left, I'm like, please give me your contact. I want to stay in contact with you um, just because I thought you guys were both amazing. But one of the reasons we have you together is because you guys are still in contact and you've been friends over all these years because of the shows. So we'll, we'll kind of start out with your individual stories of like what got you into it in your dance training. And then we'll, we'll merge where your lives intersect and like how, how that's life-changing. Um, so Beatrix, if you want to just share a little bit first about like your dance training, how you grew up and did you have aspirations to be a professional dancer? Oh, and- yeah. Yeah. It goes way back to um, San Francisco ballet. I grew up in Berkeley and, um, and so started at age five and, you know, grew up, abandoned it in teenage years and uh, went back later in uh, high school and studied, you know, jazz, bossy, did more ballet, (laughs) did, you know, Martha Graham's, you know, modern dance, did a lot of that. And um, modern parlayed into ballet and I wanted to be a ballerina and uh, Béjart was really big in the 80s and he um, was from Belgium, out of Belgium, and I had auditioned in Berkeley at Zellerbach Theater for his company, and I got into the finalist group, but not the group, and he said, we'll come to Belgium, and maybe you'll get in then, uh, to be an apprentice or something, so, and he, he was known for 
cladding his dancers in like skin tone uniform unitards with like point shoes and just really sparse no tutus and uh, velvet and stones like that. So I, I was drawn to sort of the modern ballet aspect of that. Went to Paris and Yves Cassetti, which many of the dancers studied with him from the Lido and danced, you know, took classes there at, at uh, Paris Centre. Paris Centre was another place where everybody with Molly Malloy and took classes there. So uh, he came up to me one day after class and in his French way said, Mademoiselle, you're so beautiful, but you're very, we're very tall. How tall are you? And I said, well, I'm, you know, do I lie here again and say I'm 5'4"? No. <laughs> Shit. I'm 5'9". I'm and he goes, oh, how old are you? And I go, well, I'm 20. And uh, he goes, you're not in a professional ballet company? And I said, no, 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 I'm auditioning for, for ballet. I'm going to see Bejar. And he goes, oh, you're too old and you're too tall for ballet. May I suggest you go to the Lido or the Moulin Rouge and audition there? You'd, you'd be beautiful. And I was like, the who and the who? So it was never in my trajectory to be a showgirl. I didn't really know much about that. It was so glamorous and big and Hollywood. And I did know about the Moulin Rouge because of, you know, the art connection to the track and, and Degas and the underworld, the, the dummy world between the real world and the, and the low world. They called it the demi world. It was in between. So I thought, boy, I'd fit right in there in between. I'll go audition for the Moulin Rouge. And of course, you know, Miss Doris loved me and she said, okay, we're going to do the lines where you merge like this and put a headpiece on it. You know, I went straight through and clanged everybody. I didn't know you were supposed to die <laughs> and come back up. You learn, like you said, Sherry, on the cuff as you go along, how to dance with a hundred dancers in huge costumes. I'd never done that. So I connected with everybody first with my headpiece. <laughs> from there it was a trip to Pigal for a g-string and how to wear fishnets we talked about um, can you share that your first time seeing that because these are the things that when you're used to but when you're brand new to this world especially out of the ballet when you're like what's a g-string and, and what, what were the fishnets like because I heard that Moulin Rouge is different than, than the, 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 so they were stockings and they were um, they were thick kind of skin color things and they came in two individual pieces sorry about that um, <laughs> in two individual pieces and you're i was you know i'm i'm used to you know tights or stirrup tights in jazz class you know um and here i am with these two stockings i've never even seen a chignon pin that was <laughs> inches long and these i wish i had bought some when we were in paris all together last year because yeah you don't find them anymore and boy they were useful i still have mine <laughs> yeah they're useful for getting your, yeah. your fishnets together so you take one you take another one kind of put them on and interweave a chignon pin, so it kind of shaped your pelvis a little bit. You didn't ever want really? it coming out like yeah. that. Yeah, curved. Yeah, the slightly curved. curved yeah. Like we curved. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was the introduction to that. And uh, the G string, wow. You know, I had my underwear and my leotard and my tights and. I was all clad in there and they said, oh, no, 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 we got to get rid of all that extra stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 
did you come into the show did you come into the show that was already going on or did you come as, as with a new cast no i came into frenzy uh with watutsi uh with an original cast there and uh you know we'd hang out at the palmier where i think we had last year we had dinner there sarah before we yeah went. we did yeah it's yeah. all changed it's kind of like a fast food place now but back then it was you know in the 80s it called it so we'd be smoking cigarettes and having our little Kier Royale and then we'd traipse in at 10 o'clock to do this <laughs> show through this little stage door and ancient theater. I mean, the Moulin Rouge is just, you know, it's from yeah. the beginning of time. It's the 1800s, you know, it's, yeah. it's an old place. And I was just, Paris was fabulous. You know, we had a limo that would come pick us up and take us to the Elysee Matignon at the bottom of the show, nightclub. You know, the showgirls would show up and, you know, they, we'd have a table there. And we were, we were really... Champagne, yeah. We always got champagne wherever we went. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it really was. Oh. We are like princesses and queens. I mean, it really was enchanting and just addictive, too. You, I never wanted to go back. I was a bona fide showgirl. I wanted the rhinestones. I wanted the big hats. Yeah. I wanted to do this. It was, it was a regal to be in Paris, you know, where it all started. So Sarah and I were very lucky to start there, I think. Yeah, we so, were. Yeah, so Sarah, tell them about your, like, upbringing with dance and how you ended up. So did you, that was your first show as a Mulan as well? Um, well, I had a contract for Mulan, but I did only stayed two days. So... <laughs> I ditched it. Well, I, I had I'd taken ballet from when I was quite young. My mother took me to see Coppelia and I was just hooked. That was, that was what I wanted to do forever. I didn't, you know, and, um, but everybody kept saying, oh, you're too good. You're going to be too tall for ballet. You, you know, you're not, you don't have the talent, you know, you don't have the right technique. So um, I went after school, I was supposed to go to university, but instead I went to be a dance notator. And um, so I thought this is a way of getting in a little bit to the dance world. I'll be a dancer. I did that for three years. And, it, you know, it was, it was um, we had classes every day. We had ballet, we had modern, we had jazz, because we had to be able to do the movements to be able to notate them on other people. So it, it was a great training. And, and then I failed the final exam because they didn't think I was confident enough to work in a company, which I wouldn't have been. I would have been terrified. <laughs> so they sent me to a dance and drama school, which was the London Studio Centre, which was just opening up here. And I got my training in exchange for teaching the notation for them. And I'd been there about a year and a half. And um, my ballet teacher said, well, why don't you go and audition for something? And I was like, me? <laughs> I wouldn't be good enough. And she said, yeah, there's an audition for the Moulin Rouge, go and audition for that. So I went and I got the job. Um, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I got this job. <laughs> and um, I don't really know what happens, but I do. I, I, was, I was with a much older boyfriend who was trying to discourage me. And in the end, um, I went. I, went I, I got there. <laughs> the first day was I had the day off and everybody had the day off and the next day we had the rehearsal for the Can Can which was not my forte I have to say <laughs> I was never very flexible so doing splits and cartwheels and things was not my thing um, and then I saw the show that night for the first time and I, coming from this whole ballet you know dance school background I thought 
oh, this is a bit tacky. I didn't, you know, I, I, I didn't think it was wonderful at the time. And before I left, my ballet teacher had said to me, you know, you'll have to get some G-strings. <laughs> and I was like, G-strings? This is sounding a bit dodgy, you know. And so I just decided to leave stupidly um and I got on them I got I don't know I had this big trunk I have no idea how I got that out of the hotel I was in the hotel days are and um I just I just left and I got on the boat home and I remember standing on the deck of this ferry going what have I done you know why have I left so after that all I could think was I have to get back to Paris I you know I'm ditched this job it was a stupid move I've got to get back so I auditioned for Bluebell and I got the job, amazingly. And um, it's a long story. I was supposed to go to Vegas. I didn't, I didn't go. And I ended up in Paris in August. So they sent Did you do the leader? Up. Yeah, I did, yes. Oh, that was so, for the leader? Okay. Yeah. And did you and Pan Ash, which show was it? It was Coco Rico. Oh, Coco Rico, yeah. Yeah, so the show had already been rehearsed and started, and I was just filling in for a girl who'd been sent home. And um, she's a lovely girl, but she's much bigger than me. She's a much bigger frame. And she had been sent home to lose weight, which she didn't need to do. She was just, you know, a big girl. And I, um, so there I was in wearing her costumes on stage, sitting in her place in the dressing room, living in her apartment. So when she came back three weeks later, um, there was me taking her part basically. And, and she's a good friend and she's a lovely girl and she's a good friend now. And um, she went off to Korea. They offered her a job in Korea and they decided to keep me, which was very lucky for me. And she was happy because um, she got to go off to Korea so, um, and do experience something else. So that's how I ended up at the Lido. When this you co- were at the Lido, did you have that same feeling you did about the Moulin Rouge? Or did, it, did you think it was tacky or was like, no, this is actually no, my... I, no, I, I was over that by then. I was just so happy to be there. And I think, you know, I was very influenced by a much older boyfriend and I, I escaped eventually oh, oh. by myself. And um, I kind of... Yeah. For, I don't know. I don't know if I'm speaking for all of us, but I think I am. I, in looking back now, we didn't realize then how special we were and how unique and how we were chosen by these bluebells and these Don Ardens because we had something special to offer on that stage and never realizing that me, like you, Sarah, or Sherry, just like, why me? Why, why not her? She's more but that we had something so remarkable really yeah yes. now, I see the, now I see the show and I see it for what it really is, really is. and I think it's, it's fabulous and it's unique and you know obviously I was not in the right frame of mind uh, when I was younger you know, I, was, I, I don't know what I was expecting but maybe I was looking to see the bad bits of it and not not see it as it really was mm. maybe Yes. Well, there's a few people that's right. It's there. That's the, that was the whole taboo for me was like, oh, there's nudity here and we're on stage. Yeah. So that it wasn't because the shows were dynamic and spectacular and the costumes were beautiful. Mm-hmm. But there was that. Are you going to go topless? Huh? Yeah. yeah. Is what was like, and it still is today when I meet fellow ballerinas, a friend, my friend Hallie, who danced, she went to the Marin, um, to the Berlin Opera Ballet and I went to the Moulin Rouge and 
And still there's, even with fellow dancers that are in the more conventional art, they all kind of go, hmm, okay, show business, yeah. Did you go topless? And you always feel that sort of, maybe that's where that came yeah. from Sarah in the very beginning. It wasn't necessarily tacky because it's so glamorous and, and classy and discreet. There was nothing overt about any of the nudity yeah. at all. It was no. more beautiful in form, I think. So I think yeah. that, that kind of feeling still is a, is a connotation, I think that. Yeah, yeah like, you know, I come from a you know, very English background. Mm. So I think, you know, that kind of thing was, you know, from the background I came from, that was probably not really acceptable, maybe. I don't know. I think my mother thought I was going to be sold into prostitution. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so that was the next step. So, you know, it's um, anyway. <laughs> that, that's come up from a few people, like, because also the ballet world, it's almost like you're selling out to go yeah. do that. And so, and also not yeah, really knowing. Very, yeah, that was very much the sort of attitude in dance schools. In ballet schools, it was like, well, if you can't do anything else, go and be a blue ball. And that was the attitude, which which was, mm. you know, was such a shame. And, it, and I nearly didn't have a career because of that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so glad that I did, you know, not, you know, persevere with that, really. <laughs> did you both, so you were a few, were you in Paris at the same time or no? I was uh, 80. I was 80, 81, I turned 21 there, so to 89. Oh, I was 81, 80, 81 to 83. I was 81 really? to 82 when I came to, yeah. Oh, we were that together. And I was stayed at the Hotel des Arts and, and they opened oh. a bank account for us and we had a, they put us up in an apartment. It was just, it was so, so much stardom. Like when I came to Reno in 82, there was like, who are you living with? Where do you, a condo? There was nothing set up for us at all. No on the outside of the show. You came yeah. to you did your show in Reno and danced on stage. And after that, you fend for yourself. But in Paris, they had apartments for us, we had a bank account. We had a driver that would come and take us to the nightclubs. I mean, it, we, were, we were the toast of the town, really. So it was quite shocking for me. I know for you, Sarah, going to Paris, but for me, ending up in Reno, I was... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, I've heard some girls, they thought they were going to Rio, like there's like they get there and like it's total cowboy town. If you don't have a car, you can't get around. So it's not like that same glamorous life of going out for dinner. Reno is like you can go get all the steak you want at the, you know, all you can eat. The MGM, which was kind of outside of, of, of the city and, you know, being in Paris where you just you'd go to the Palmier or you'd go to the Georgia Sank and have your little croque monsieur or whatever, your salad niçoise, and then you'd go do your show. I mean, Reno? <laughs> <laughs> there's buffet. There's so many all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> How did you both end up there? Did you, I know you were different, like a, not at the same time at first, but like how, what was your um, road that got you from Paris to Reno? Well, uh, I, okay, I, I, um, I got homesick and a little bit worried too that this was my life and um, I wanted to come home. And uh, uh, Miss Doris had said, there's a show in Reno. They had had this fire in Las Vegas. So uh, that- uh, Hallelujah, or Jubilee. Hollywood. Yeah. Um, that whole show was abandoned because it had been, 
hellacious fire down there. Uh, so there were, they were looking for dancers and she goes, well, if you want to go back, you know, I'll call my friend Jillian. I, I guess she called Jillian and there was an audition, a huge cattle call. I had the newspaper article in the Chronicle that said, you know, come audition for the greatest show on earth and little pictures of uh, uh, in the paper there. And I thought, okay, I'm going. And I went and man, I was not alone. Whew. I think there were over a hundred over a hundred girls there and I met Judy Glenn there and she was like girl you need to get out of that purple unitard and put on some fishnets <laughs> <laughs> and uh it was it was I think it was even more overwhelming than than Paris I, for some reason I felt the greater kinship or like I fit in better because of the ballet training I, I I'd understood the nostalgia of, of the of the diaglyph and the uh, the Paris Opera Ballet, and I, I felt closer to that. When I really in Reno, I was, I was overwhelmed by that stage and the vastness of that theater. It sat, you know, two thousand people sat in there, and there was kings, queens, and Jack's Row, and it was all dancing. <laughs> it was casino, you know. It was, oh my God, that cattle call. They called it a cattle call. I'm sure. You yeah. Yep. You know? And I was like, now wait a minute. I've gone from glamorous Moulin Rouge show dancer to the cattle call. <laughs> <laughs> That's what uh, it feels like, though. Like you're just corralled in there and then you're told, you know. Was that with Don Arden and Bluebell? Who was there? That was Don Arden and Bluebell and um, the choreographer, um, the famous um, Sarah. But the choreographer. Was it West, uh, Winston? 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 Yes. Yeah. Winston. So the three of them were right down there in the in the orchestra pit, right there in the, and uh, breaking us up into groups of five, come across the floor, smile, smile, let's see those teeth. I mean, it really was like, <laughs> it really, I don't know, what your, Sarah, what was your experience? Did you audition or did you just kind of? No, out? it was easy for me. I've, I've been in Paris about a year and a half and I was the blue bell and I didn't really want to go nude there because... It was too close to home and I had my parents coming over every now and then. So I, um, and then one day Bluebell came down to the dressing room and she said, would anybody like to go to the States? And I was like, yeah, me, I'd like to go. And they sent our pictures over to Reno and Vegas. And I just naturally assumed I would get Vegas. So when she came back and said, oh, I've got a job for you in Reno. I was like, oh, okay. That doesn't sound quite so glamorous as Vegas. But <laughs> and so they just flew us over. You know, everything was paid for. And we had a year's contract. And I, I went over with two friends, Kim and Cherie. And uh, we, had to, we were told to wear suits on the plane because Bluebell wanted us to look smart, <laughs> yeah. like Bluebell's. And so my mother and I went to CNA and I bought a little yellow suit, which is like the worst color for me. I don't know why I bought yellow, but <laughs> anyway, so we bought this yellow suit. So I showed up about in the airport and, and we got to Reno and we thought, oh, there'll be lots of people waiting for us. You know, when we flew over to London from Paris, there was like a whole entourage of cameras and we flew over with Bluebell one day when she got an award at the Savoy. And um, we're given an award for her services. So we thought, oh, well, you know, Reno will be very glamorous. <laughs> and we go to the airport, there's like three friends we know there waiting for us. And I remember we went through San Francisco and I thought it was going to be 
or sunny and glamorous like on the Ironside films or, you know, <laughs> you know like you see on the television. It was real sunny and it was grey and raining and foggy. And we were so disappointed. And then we got to Reno and I just remember this huge grey building coming up out of the mist from the plane and that was the MGM and we were like in this grey kind of valley and we are like, oh, <laughs> where have you come to? Where is this place? Uh, I was signed a year contract. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so what, uh, yeah, three friends waiting with the airport, so no cameras, no photographers, nothing. <laughs> really? And, uh, it, it turned out uh, to be the number one best, most inclusive show I've ever done. I met my closest friends there, you know, in spite of it being so grand and vast and huge and sort of maybe unwelcoming in its sense, but I know for you and I, Sarah, our my best friends, my 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 best times have been there in that Hello Hollywood Hello show in Reno. And we all seem to have a consensus of all the dancers that I've, you know, the higher up you get in the pyramid, the smaller the world is. So I danced in Italy and Japan and I danced in Spain and I would keep running into the same dancers. And, oh, did you know so-and-so who danced in Reno? Like everybody kind of filtered through that show and the ones that stayed for I think I was there on and off for uh, 11 years really yeah wow so I was able to kind of leave Jillian would send me to send me to to uh Spain to do a show there with David Doyle I don't know if you know David I love David Doyle you know yes David Doyle I was so Raul Sender it was so fun And, and we were able to come back to the show so it was almost so unique to be a dancer and have this constant contract. Sarah, mine was a year too, but we we were able to just stay. I ended up, you know, the whole 11 years kind of off and on there um, in Hello Hollywood Hello. And worldwide dancers came through there from South Africa, from Spain, from France, from England, from America. I mean, when I was in the Melange, I think I was the only American there. <laughs> you know, it was French. Um, but Reno really attracted kind of the best worldwide. I think we really, who plucked us out and sent us there really picked us for a reason to go. And it really created this incredibly bonded, unique uh, world that I, I'm so grateful to um, have been a part of. It was, and it still is just like meeting you, Sherry, too. I mean, it's just that bond that uh, of really, really sensational people and dancers came through that show. Did you, no, there was no. a Hello Hollywood uh, uh, reunion two years ago. And it, it was interesting because like there were so many people over all those years, but I couldn't tell who I was in the show with or not because there were so many people. Sometimes you didn't even know people in your own cast. <laughs> but by the end, it didn't matter because we all felt like we did the show at the same time, even though we couldn't have over 11 year span, but it just felt like the more we shared stories, it felt like, oh, we were all in the show together, but. But, but it is we, like, but me that wasn't that. You wore that, that gray, that gray <laughs> sort of prom dress, and I had yeah. Uh, me. Yeah, you guys were at the Hello Hollywood one. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes. my gosh, I have to look at the pictures. You remember me because I just had hip surgery, so I was there with a walker, <laughs> oh. <laughs> with some pain meds and really swollen feet. But I wish I had. Oh, that's so funny. There's so many people to see and it's, yeah. it's, it's overwhelming, isn't it? When you see so many friends all together at, at once and 
you know, sometimes you don't always get the time you want with everybody, which, yeah. you know, you go, oh, I didn't speak to that person enough or, and, you know, that, uh, you know, it's still, it's a fabulous experience to see everyone and get together, hear their stories. Yeah. Sarah, <laughs> and, what was it like for you after you got over the, the fog and the non-greeting? <laughs> then when you come to the showroom and to see the show in rehearsals, what was that like for you? Because you didn't have to audition, so you just start yeah. right in with that was it was yeah i remember seeing the show and thinking oh my god the stage was so huge after paris and this seems so bad because you know paris the stage had all these lights around it and and um you know my my roommate she wasn't very happy the minute she saw the show it was not paris so ah. i think that you know sort of colored her you know, I don't know. I think she she really missed Paris, and that was that was a bit rough. That you know, we were in this um, new world together, and she wasn't particularly happy. But I I sort of I loved the show when I saw it. I thought it was a great show, and I'd already picked out what bits I wanted to do and what bits I didn't want to do. And I was like, <laughs> I do not want to be one of those robots. And of course, I was a robot. That was my first. Number. Oh, you were. Oh my gosh, those boots were like. Crazy. I know. And I remember just getting on the costume and they just kind of like, well, you, you know, you go off stage, you start, you stand behind that ramp and then you walk down and you walk off the stage. And I was like, oh my God, I can hardly walk in these things. And I remember trying to get down that ramp for the first time and I thought, I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. And I did, I just kind of tottered down this ramp and I think one of the guys, I said, it's Ted, I remember it's Ted and he's like, yeah, you go that way, <laughs> and they were like, like which way to go. But it was a, it was a scary experience. Yeah, a lot but, of people have shared like how many ways you could die in Hello Hollywood. Hello, uh, as far uh, as like elevators open, sets coming on, flying. Oh like God. there were so many things that probably would not pass for um, pe things that would not be allowed to happen now. Remember that passerella like, on the side at um, Penelope? Yes. When we went to the reunion, they had closed yeah. off, but. It was open. Just we yeah. that passerella and then go on the on the one that came down over the audience. But that was an open space there. Just no. Oh, by the side of the stage, you had to walk along on that little ledge. Yeah, that, I, they that put me in this great big costume. You know, great big feather costume. As soon as I got on there, I thought, Oh my god, I've got to turn to the right. Yes, yeah. I'm going to bounce right off this thing onto the audience. But they didn't tell you anything. It was just, yeah, we were pretty. Um, it's pretty precarious in some places. <laughs> yeah. Jillian, Jillian, really, uh, she, she really was our mom. You know, I just, I feel like we matured so much there in that show you know we'd have to come in and sign in every day you know sign into the show we'd have to look at Jillian and say hello to Jillian and Adrian and get on the scale if you had to get on the scale you know and take your weight and sign out I mean she really I don't know I was never weighed I never was there either I think there was just a period of time that that was a thing yeah Oh, wow. How did you guys meet? When because I know you didn't come in at the same time, but how did you end up becoming friends? Well, I, I just transferred from the Bluebells to the Nudes. So I went through this horrendous audition just to do Top Hat, <laughs> and um, and um, I ended up in sitting next to Beatrix in the, in the Tall Nudes. So that's how we first got to know each other, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And then Beatrix invited 
my my roommate Jeannie and I to San Francisco um, for the weekend because her parents were in Berkeley, and we went to stay them there, and we had a fabulous time. It was just yeah. it was just such a fun weekend. We had a, we had a couple of those, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. After second show at two o'clock yeah. in the morning and drive all the way to the Bay Area through the Sierra. Yeah, sure. We yeah. were invincible. I mean, we really gained so much confidence for the world in, in that. Yeah. yeah. No, I would never do that now, but we did. <laughs> and um, yeah. I, I had, I had, I had bought a house in Reno, which I still own now on Coleman. Really? My parents oh, my. were sort of, well, I guess you're not going to college. We've saved this money <laughs> and we're so happy you're a dancer. How about you put a down payment down on the house? So I was, I was like one of the first dancers in the show to have a house. And yeah, Sarah uh, was, was one of my roommates. She was a, a, a roommate. Jan was a roommate. Yeah. Jan and Vishix and I, we, we Oh, really? Yeah. I love how all these circles are coming together. <laughs> that was a great summer. That was really fun. I just left my husband, my ex-husband. We, we'd split up and I went to stay and Beatrix was like well I have a room if you want so I went and stayed there for a month and then I think I went back and then I ended up with you again didn't I mm -hmm. the second time yeah because yeah. um, I lived on my own for about five or six weeks and that was miserable <laughs> so then I went back and um yeah Sarah I, and I did ballet together didn't you study with Maggie Banks too I would take class there and I would take, uh, I felt like at that time there, there was, um, oh my gosh, Debbie Reynolds had a show in town. So all her dancers were amazing from LA and then they would teach. So I just felt like there was always so many yeah. classes and a lot of people have brought up how there was classes. I don't know when you were there, but between shows, there would yeah. be class on the stage and you could fit like five classes on there and not, and not even disturb each other's music. But there was the whole thing. I think there's a lot of people that kept training even because it was just fun and you had access to just amazingly talented teachers and choreographers like I had never seen that level before and then there's some people that never take class and there's you know it's like people find whatever is interesting but yeah Maggie Banks I think was just known for like just Valerie. excellent excellent training and then all these excellent dancers are taking from her so it kind of like elevated both sides of that I think yeah, Sarah and I, we'd meet up over on, on the corner over there on the warm-up. They had that little rug there, that little yeah. stage, and we'd stretch and warm up and do our little plies and stuff before the show. And we spent, yeah. we spent a lot of time there together, too. Yeah, I remember it was Robin, wasn't it, who taught a bar? I couldn't remember her name. It was Robin. Robin, was, yeah. Do you remember Robin? And she taught a bar before, before, before the show. Yeah, and I used yeah. to do that, yeah, so... So, so you, you guys were living together, dancing together. Were you guys in the same group? Because I know like there's A, B, C, D, which I've learned more about that. Like I kept no. thinking I was one group, but I was the other group. Because <laughs> I, well, I who was we here? Were we were C together, weren't we? Eventually. Eventually, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I was put in group D. So after I'd done this horrendous audition in front of the whole company um, for Don Arden, um, I was I, I went on holiday, came back, and found out that I was in group D. So I was just distraught because that group D did not do top hats, and group D were the ones in the big dresses, and they were the freaks at the end. And I didn't want to be a freak right. in the circus. I wanted to do Tilla. I wanted to do all the dance numbers. So. Um, so I cried for about two days <laughs> and yeah. eventually Gillian uh, 
took heart and said, well, I was going to put you in Group C anyway in a couple of months. So then I got to transfer and I did, I did top up eventually. <laughs> so, yeah. Top well, hat and tiller. And where, did you do sherbert, yeah. sherberts too? You, yeah. Are you big hat? Yeah. 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 yeah, rose petals. That was super. Yeah. Oh, fun, fun, fun. Yeah, I'm sure oh. we got so I never go. did top I never did uh, the big hats. I yeah, never. I did that. And actually, I had a most beautiful costume, and I only have one little picture of that. And I'm so sad that I didn't get a better picture because it was just gorgeous, the satin dress and big hats. It was just gorgeous, the bustle on the back. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. going into the show, like besides having to wear the the robe, the space robot things, like costumes? I just remember, I think big hats, they lowered them. Like some of those costumes are so big, they would lower them down on you. And it's like, yeah. Uh, just, we I was watching the clip you, I guess you put, uh, you did uh, fans and heat yeah. wave came after that. And I did black fans and heat wave. I was in the yep. front row. That was a fast, fast, fast change. That was the quickest change we had in the show. And I remember what you're talking about. We had uh, that, that, that showroom, that stage had 11 flies. So backdrops that would fly down. And you're right, they would, we'd run off into the wings. <laughs> well, even ah. unhooking the fa that fan dress was so heavy. Oh, so remember, you, you would unhook it and you'd hear it just go, oh. it would just drop down. And then like they start throwing the next thing on you. And then and the next one, as that one dropped down, the next one came down from overhead. And uh, that, just that should be seen. That's a show in itself of just some of those changes with the dressers. And that was yeah. the time that I got tangled up in my costume on stage was in that heat wave thing. We, we'd come out, you know, doing the jazz. Doo, 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 you know, yeah. And then we did this big kick and I kicked back and I caught my tail and we had this huge, beautiful <laughs> And I had my heel caught and I couldn't do my <laughs> contractions. <laughs> <laughs> there are things that can go wrong, but you know, the adrenaline was flowing and once oh, in a while, yeah. you had these mishaps, but those quick changes right there in the wings, you know? Yeah. Everybody you just put your arms out, let them dress you. Caring. Another world backstage, truly. That was, I never, in, in the Moulin Rouge and many of the other shows I did, I, I never really got the mechanics of the show. So in Hello Hollywood Hello, there was this vastness behind the stage that had these massive sets and stagehands and they had walkie talkies and they were talking to each other over here and don't run in that line because you're going to be in the wrong box there's a quick change there and just the whole inner workings of what goes on behind the scene was an another world for me too because I was stage performer I was always in the you know out there on the stage I never paid too much mind but yeah because everything was on one level there at the Moulin Rouge, we had to go up, climb upstairs into the attic to get into the loges, the dressing rooms. Yeah. Hello, Hollywood. Hello. Everything was constructed on one level. So you were really, you know, you were running through the props and the steps and the stagehands and the dressers. And, you know, the poor musicians were downstairs in the music room. We had a live orchestra that played for us that watched our performance on monitors. So we didn't really interface with the musicians much. But um, the stagehands and the props and the dressers, wonderful dressers. Yeah. So all of that was really important to, to uh, keeping us a closely knit, you know. 
Um, and I remember walking across the stage one night in that robot costume, not really paying attention to what was going on. And the next thing I knew, the stage manager grabbed me and pulled me out of the way, and the curtain was just about to fall on top of me. And those are really heavy, those big black curtains. I mean, yeah. So thank God he saw in time. But, you know, the stage hands, they, they were fantastic. So, they were really on top of the job and they, you know, they really looked out for us. They did. It's like you said, Jerry, I mean, more casualties you would have think could have happened. They're like walking around just kind of like, okay. And they, they, they saved our lives a couple of times. Like this thing with the curtain coming down on you. Gosh. I know. Could have broken my neck. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, how long did you stay in the show? Did you stay consistent? Like, were, was Beatrix coming in and out of the time that you were there? Yeah. When she, yeah, because she, uh, I think Beatrix was there for about six months, and then you went off to Spain, didn't you? Um, and I, I, yeah, I went back to the Bluebells. I got married, and I just, well, I just thought I'll, I'll just go back and be a Bluebell, and so um, for various reasons, but um, I could never seem to do anything right in the news. So I was always in trouble. So I oh, thought. No. <laughs> and anyway, I think he was happier that I was going to be covered because his family were all in Reno, and um, so and I yeah, I was I was the bluebell for the next five years, and then I got divorced, and I thought, well, maybe it's time to move on. So I went down to Vegas and I auditioned for Jubilee with another girl, and I got that job. And I auditioned for the Bahamas first, um, but they wanted a nude, and I didn't want to go nude there, so I. I didn't get that job and that's, that was with Jan and Jan went off to the Bahamas. Um, so we went our separate ways, but we were living with Beatrix at the time. The three of us were living together, weren't we, in the house, yeah. Well, I think, because so. I, I found out about Puerto Rico because, I don't know if you know Carlin Bandegrift. No, she wouldn't have been there when you were there. And Michael Kempton, you might've worked with her in Jubilee. She was a singer, yeah. but people would find out about shows like, hey, they need some dancers for Puerto Rico. So then, you know, you go that way and then your friends might go somewhere else or you might overlap again, but to actually get to get hired as friends doesn't always happen, but it's, it, it, it's like you kind of make your new set of friends at your next show and then you yeah. add some more, but then it's interesting. Like you said, Beatrix, you show up somewhere like, oh, you worked in that show, you worked in that show. Like it's still so woven. How did, did you guys merge back up in Hello Hollywood or when, how did you guys, did you ever do a show together again after that? We didn't, no. No, I think, I think we got to be close because I went to live with Beatrix, but I was a bluebell then. You'd gone away and come back right. and got married. I was Beatrix's bridesmaid. I was one of the bridesmaids <laughs> and <laughs> in my peach dress. Uh, and um, yeah, so that, and yeah, I think. So yeah. That was when I was living with you, wasn't it? Yeah, there were there were so many amazing milestones. Like we, yeah, us had a lifetime. Really, I I really think it was a, a segment of a lifetime. And uh, we we went mm. marriages and divorces and shows and friendships and yeah. property. But you bought a house down in Vegas. Just these huge milestones that this career has enabled us to do. I mean, we were yeah. we were empowered. We were women. Here yeah. we come, Helen, ready. You know. <laughs> Well, buying a house at that young age is also like that's you yes, did that in Vegas. So a lot of us um, were just empowered to do this. But I I did a lot of different shows, but always came back to Hello Hollywood, Hello. And Sarah, I think when I was when I had just gotten married in '88, you went down to Vegas and did Jubilee for 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 a really long time. Yeah, ten uh, years. 
in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, we kind of lost touch a little bit through that time. I got married. I had my daughter there. And then I went on to do um, Spellbound with Dick Foster. And yeah. um, well, we kept in touch because I remember, you know, this is the pictures of me and you at the beach with the Lexus, which I had completely oh. forgot. She was a baby. And I completely forgotten about that. When I we found loved that. Tahoe. We loved our days in Tahoe, didn't we, Sarah? Yeah, love yeah, the hidden beach. I love Tahoe. Gosh, when, okay, Reno. Like it's not the same as Paris. What did you guys? Because I remember going to Tahoe was a big thing, just because it. Like, I loved. I miss Seattle with all the green, and Reno was so brown. So I would, just Tahoe made me feel like I just need to go where there's blue and green. So what was like a, a week like? Because I feel like you know people will experience the shows different. Some people party and get up and do the show, and that's it. Some people are living going to school while they're in the show like what was your life in Reno because it's not like it's super exciting for things to do but there there is a lot you can have happen there yeah. well the uh we like you said with the dance classes and the the amazing talent was there the uh pioneer theater opened there they constructed this beautiful I have a picture of it the pioneer theater and uh we we did classes there and we did a ballet shows in the pioneer theater and so I did a lot of classes and spent a lot of time in Tahoe, mm -hmm. I remember hanging out with Sammy Davis Jr. And, you know, Carol Canning came through our show. I mean, hanging out with the girls up at Harris that were up there at the lake. And I met Molly, Molly Bernsky up there. She was dancing uh, at the lake, I think, in a show up there. And we go to Hidden Beach, remember that? <laughs> Oh, we love to nudist beach, and I remember. Oh yeah, yeah. It's one thing to see the girls, but I'm like, what is doing <laughs> over there, hanging out? So we got to, you know, <laughs> yeah, we got to. But we stayed in our little club, you know, in our little our little beach group there at Lake Tahoe and uh, at, at Hidden Beach because you couldn't have any lines, you know, if you were right. Almost couldn't have any lines. Uh, I was at the nude beach. I don't know if it was Hidden Beach, but I remember it was funny because other people were nude, but like the showgirls would have their G-string on and topless, but everybody else was totally <laughs> naked. But the, the showgirls who danced with nothing were the ones that were more modest and would wear G-string. And I remember laying there and this young, this man who was just gorgeous and he had a business suit on and he, he had a briefcase and he had a fold out like director's chair. He just, he, he undressed and he folded all his things neatly put it on a little pile. He just sat and read like the newspaper naked in a chair. And I'm just thinking, it's so weird that we dance naked on stage, not naked, but it was just weird to see like someone in a business suit, just, and he'd fold it, fold and then he'd just unfold it, put his newspaper away and then walked off with his briefcase. I'm like, that's weirder than what we do. <laughs> it just, there were things that were just, you know, like that's normal to be in this show, but I was still more modest in those situations. But yeah, you know, you just think we'd be the ones that are like, woohoo but not so much. Yeah. No, no, we were a bit more modest. <laughs> so, because I, mean, I remember, I, you know, I don't really remember many other people other than the show people on Hidden Beach because we used to go as, you know, together in groups or whatever. And, um, and I used to go there a lot with, with my friend Susie and we used to get our lilos and we'd just put them out on the water. We'd just lie on the lilo all day, which is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, but I do remember, I remember sort of the odd man coming up and trying to chat us up and we were just like, no, we're not talking to you. We don't want to look at you. Thank you very much. Just go away. <laughs> <laughs> we're just in our group here. Yeah. With the modest girls. Yeah, it wasn't Paris, but there were, there were, there were other things like 
the lake and skiing. I remember skiing too, was part of the ski club. And I do remember at the audition, uh, I think it was Gina Katsky who had busted her knee skiing. And that year, uh, yes. they had written it into the contract that dancers were not allowed to roller skate or ski or, you know, water skiing. You couldn't do any of that stuff, but you know, we all did. Right, right. All of us, but... I went water skiing. I'd never water skied in my life. And that was well, once was enough. <laughs> but she was the one, she was at the cattle call with this huge knee and, you know, so it was- I really don't remember being Gina, but yeah, I remember, I remember, remember that. Yeah, yeah. So you, things, you know, and I don't know, I still love Paris and the city, but that outdoors that, that Reno, you know, gave us that time as a group because there really wasn't anything else to do. We'd go up in our little posses and do these events together. So it was, it was really a, you know, a, a time to connect more so than in Paris because we all were out in our apartments or shopping or, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you guys were each other's everything yeah. kind of. Yeah. I, I so, remember just going from Paris to Reno was such a culture shock. We were like, when we got there, we were like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do here? And then, then we discovered the lake. And then there were other things going on, the little shows, as IT, you know, um, what was that stand for, Beatrix? Do you oh, remember right. the, the gay guy show, the, the drag show? Oh, what? yeah, I love it. And um, we used to go to that. That was fun. And yeah. You guys yeah. were the pepper mill? We used yeah, we used to go there. Yeah, the, the fireside lounge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Because like like, we were yeah. paid every week, right? And we could go yeah. to the fireside and spin the wheel and double down our paychecks and uh, <laughs> hang out there until the wee hours. Oh, my gosh. You know, we did yeah. that in Paris too. You know, I remember walking through Rue de Rivoli on the, in the, in the arches of the Tuileries there, you know, with the sun coming up. And this is a theme throughout my life is just being there when the sun's coming up. It happened in Reno all the time too. I, I, I found somewhere to party and dance and, you know, the voodoo lounge and, and you know. Yes, the voodoo lounge, that's right. <laughs> Zaps or zaps or whatever that place was. Yeah. It had the we spent a lot of time. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I got stopped a couple of times on the way home by cops because I was weaving all over the road, but they, they never <laughs> charged me. But I had to get out and do all the tests and everything. So <laughs> my big old firebird, which I loved. So Sarah, what was Vegas like for you and doing? doing Jubilee, another Don Arden show, was, did it feel much different? I mean, you're in a different city, different type of show. Did you go by yourself or did you know anybody when you went down? I didn't, I didn't really know anybody. The girl um, I auditioned with, she, um, Heidi Bernasek, I don't, I, yeah, I think she was in the show, but I think she was in a different part um, and she didn't stay very long. Uh, so no, I didn't really know anybody, but I was just, they made me so welcome. You know, I was in the blue bells, in the tall blue bells, and I was just immediately welcomed into the group. And they were so friendly and so fun. And, you know, whatever they were doing, you know, come along, you know, we're going to go to the paddle wheel tonight and eat crab, you know, all night. Or, or we're going to go here, we're going to go there. And there was um, a couple of girls that used to go to Alias Smith and Jones every night. And I always knew that if I was on my own, that's where they would be and I could go and join them. And um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was fantastic actually, mm. Vegas. And I felt, I always feel like Jubilee was my show. That's where I feel I really became 
um, the best performer in that yeah. show. And what was it about it? What, was it you or was it the show or the combination of the two? Combination of the two, I think. And I've, I, um, I mean, I love Fluff. I think she, she was very strict, but she, she really was, she had a big heart too. And you always felt that about her. And um, I, just, I just felt a connection with Fluff somehow. And um, yeah, I just, it was just the show where I felt I really belonged was Jubilee. Mm. For me, for me, yeah. you know. Um, and I've, I've lost good friends from that show too. And How long did you stay there? We, we, had, we had beautiful costumes and I love the numbers and it was quite a fast paced show. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you happen to go down for the closing? Or near the closing? Did yes, I did. I was there at the closing. I had to be there. How um, was that for you? Because I think it, it's changed so much over the years. But to see it, that, it was so end. sad because they had just wrecked the show. Um, yeah, they wrecked the show that we loved. You know, there were a couple of numbers that were still intact, but the most of the show was dreadful. I mean, it just completely didn't understand. Whoever took you know choreographed it didn't understand the whole. The whole history of the shows and the showgirls and that the, they were a moment in time and they tried to yeah. modernize you can't modernize those kind of shows just a mistake it was a, a mm. really a big mistake i don't do know that. who did that because they they did do that in hello hollywood hello too when it was when sarah and i went there it was two shows a night six nights a week all the time and then it dwindled down to like one show a night and then on weekends there were two show nights and then they started doing the shift that they did with jubilee too we had uh, headliners that were coming in and kind of they were part of you know the san francisco scene or they were you know in walk and stroll in the park they kind of threaded these superstars or headliners um you know the mcguire sisters we had um, yeah, Charlie. but that kind of worked. It kind of worked. With kind of worked so I don't know. I think Jillian and um, I, you know, Adrian. I think we're really instrumental in kind of threading them into our show and us rehearsing and us being a part of their act. Whereas when we saw Jubilee, it was really the dancers were gone, and then there was this headliner, and then there was this. It was chopped up. It didn't have that. Clothes. So they, I don't know who mimicked who. If if mm. that came after uh when they changed the the stage production of hello hollywood hello did they do it then to jubilee afterwards and didn't come off the same did it there oh, no. and also the theater had they'd already changed it into that um stadium seating which was not very much fun yeah. from the audience either because i was uh, in the show so i couldn't experience what you experienced having it be kind of spliced up like that i sat in the audience and felt kind of, wow, I'm, what am I watching here? A football game? I mean, it was just because there were no, it was all stadiums. The booths. And yeah. 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 <sighs> like you said, King's Row, Queens, like all those, yeah, the, the yeah, layers. The brand, wasn't it, to have that yeah. kind of eating. So, yeah. so um, Beatrix, you did smaller shows and then you pop back in, because I know like Greg Thompson shows you that those are not big shows. No. How was that, like, was that really, a, I remember I experienced it very different, a small show with, Sometimes a lot of energy and some hard dancing where you're, but also like, oh, I sure would like to be in those feathers and also, <laughs> you know, there, there's, there's a beauty in both, but you were kind of going back and forth between the two worlds. Oh, yeah. Well, I, uh, I think I got the taste of that in Paris, in Paris Centre. We would just go and do auditions for whatever was going on just to get that experience. And I think that just stayed in my blood in Hello Hollywood, Hello. I was, 
I itched to do something different and something more because I had been a bluebell, I was a swing, I had kind of exhausted all of my talents. I was an understudy, a principal understudy in the show. I got to do Pot of Cease and I just, oh, yeah, wow. that was. Love that, was so pretty. God, it's so. You got to do that. <laughs> I don't even, I mean, it was just uh, such a great number with those uh, other really, really talented people on the on the stage with me. So I got to be an understudy for Potassies um, and just kind of wanted more experience. And so that kind of drove me to the smaller shows and traveling. I, I did, um, I opened the show for Greg Thompson in Reno. And uh, like you said, those were two completely different shows. We had, um, uh, what was it? Um, High voltage and strange struck. So we had like, for the younger audience, for the family audience, we did sort of this Broadway musical that was completely covered. And then we had to switch gears into this sultry, hard dancing, jazz, mist and get choreography, wild music and wild avant-garde sort of costumes. Few feathers in the very end, but not many. Yeah. And love that. Spellbound, the same thing. And then, being able to go back to Europe. I went to Italy and I went to Spain on a tour with David Doyle, uh, mm. 16 people in that cast. And we had to, uh, and we were, we were, we did a tour. We followed the, uh, the Torridors, the, you know, the Pamplona, the bull racing. I was during that time and we would do our two shows. And I remember dancing on a raked stage, like all these old theaters and just, having to really rely on your talent and your fortitude to kind of get through, arrive in a new city, rehearse during the day, we define our own hotels. And it was before oh. the adventure of the roller bag. I'm a flight attendant now and I love my roller bag, but back then you had to carry your suitcase. So we had one bus for the performers and then another couple trucks for the um, stage sets. And uh, that was a deep experience doing that and just arriving in these cities. Like you said, Sarah, not knowing anybody and just trying to find a hotel room and then showing I up. Need to make, I need yeah. to make a correction. Go ahead. Go on. Sorry. Um, I just realized when I, when I went down to Vegas, of course, I, I stayed with Jelana, who very graciously allowed me to stay with her until I found a place. And then, of course, my friend Ginny and James lived around the corner. So, but they... I was the only one I knew in the Bluebells, but there were people I knew in Vegas, of course. And Annie B I rehearsed with, she and I went to the show together. We were just in a different, you know, different group. So, and Dawn was there. So to say I didn't know anybody was stupid. No, it was, um, of course, I had good friends there. They yeah. just weren't in my group, of, yeah. in my dressing room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the dynamic of the smaller show is, I mean, it, you know, there was no kind of falling back or kind of, I didn't feel so good today. I, you know, you, everybody really had to be on every, every second of the show. And, um, you know, you had a, a deeper interface with the choreographer, you know, also, yeah. and the producer, cause they were always there with you and uh, smaller showroom, just, uh, oh, just, just a great experience too. I, I, I was, I love them both. I love them both. Yeah. <laughs> Spellbound and, and uh, um, High Voltage were after Hello Hollywood, Hello Close. Sarah went to Jubilee, and many of the dancers from Hello transferred down and went to Jubilee, like half the cast oh, okay. Jubilee. 
Yeah. <laughs> I stayed in Reno because I had my daughter Alexis, and then smaller shows kind of filtered through that huge stage. Spellbound was the first one, and then um, <clears throat> uh, who else was on that stage? And yeah, just kind of Reno sort of fell apart after that, but that's where I did. Flash, huh? Splash was there, wasn't it? Was Splash, it? yeah, I did Splash. That was my last show was Splash. Yeah. And that had come up from the Riviera, Jeff Kutash, and he was really- I remember that show. God, he was really, that was my last show, but he was, he optimized your classic showbiz producer. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> the girls were his, you know, tech rehearsal we'd be waiting for him until like three o'clock he'd get hungry and he'd leave us there on stage and we'd all just be like <sighs> sitting there waiting for beer. i mean he was he was a genius too and wonderful uh wonderful show that he put together but boy he was the classic <laughs> dance machine by the way you know doing that that was <clears throat> that was quite something to do that show on a stage where i had done hello hollywood hello we had motorcycles. We had to learn how to ride motorcycles. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I remember, uh, what was her name? Rode one of the motorcycles into one of the rain troughs because we had to ride these things on the stage, do a figure eight, and ride them off. And um, <laughs> more danger. I, like, I want to be the last one on the stage so I can be the first one off. I don't want to have to like follow another motorcycle. That was bad enough to walk across that stage, but drive a motorcycle across that stage. Oh that my gosh. So did you have, you had your daughter and you were still performing, right? So you, you were still dancing after having, having yeah. your daughter. Yeah. Well, the Hello Hollywood, Hello Closed. And that's right about when I had Alexis. She was born in 1990 and the show closed in 88. Was it, when was it? April of 88, I think it was. So yeah, I had Alexis and I went away and auditioned for, uh, it's 89, because that was the year I went to Jubilee. Yeah, yeah. So I went back to dancing after I had Alexis. Yep. Wow. So we're going to wind this down a little bit, but I, I want to talk about, like, this is pre-email and Facebook. So to keep friendships going takes more work, but you guys have been in each other's lives, and you, you have to work to make that happen. So can you share a little bit, like, because I know, like, you're a flight attendant, um, Beatrix, so, like, how... It, it takes a lot of work when you don't live in the same state, let alone the same country. Yeah. So, I think, I think Beatrix has always welcomed me, but you know, I, I see her home as my second home <laughs> in the States. Mm. So she's always welcomed me there. And I've, I've stayed with you so many times now, haven't I? And I think, I think I was just traveling with my ex. I think my ex-husband drove me to San Francisco one time. We, st we stopped in on Beatrix and we talked about traveling together. And um, so we, we both decided, we, yeah, we both want to travel. And so we've kept in touch through email. And I don't, I don't know how it happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah Sarah. It's, it's, but you never came to Vegas very much. Only yeah, when the I, reason I, I had this, I have this about Vegas. I just... Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I was working at night, so we really didn't see each other much during that time when you were rehearsing for Splash, did we? I think. No. Because you were rehearsing during the day and I was working at night, so yeah. we just, we went up once, I think, that whole time. Yeah, that was it. But I, yeah, but I don't know. We, I, I don't know. I just think I've always just come back to Oakland to see well, you. I think that there was a kinship in a European bond. Like, I, I've. Yeah. Definitely. I think I, my mother is French and I loved Europe and I've spent a lot of time there. And Sarah was sort of my 
connection. It was my piece to it. And I, I fell in love with her for that because um, she's very English. And there came a time throughout our friendship where she just yearned to go back to England. And I said, mm. Sarah, no, you stay here with us. She bought a house and she just yeah. wanted to go back to England. She just was mm. one of the ones that didn't make her home here. And yeah, I got so for many years, she, she'd come back. She had this green card, which she was so lucky to have. Many of the dancers, you know, from South Africa, foreign dancers were able to get these wonderful green cards at the time, which you can't get anymore. And Sarah had this piece of gold. Um, <laughs> but it got more and more difficult to lug around. She'd come back and visit me in San Francisco every six months because she had to keep this green card going. So well, we've made that up in Boston one time, didn't we? Yeah, we, we did yeah. a short trip. So it kind of, it, our travel experience and our friendship, I think, stems from her disconnecting from America, and, yeah. and but yeah. yet coming back to be a part of it. And uh, so we'd meet in places, you know, we met in, in New Orleans, we'd meet in Boston, we met in New York, you know, we just kind of went through these three-day trips where she could keep her green card alive. Yeah. We had so much fun together. We really yeah. well together. And we, I know. <laughs> And, uh, and the, the Beatrix said, let's, let's do Cape Cod. She said, would you like to go to Cape Cod? We can go to, we'll stop in and see Alexis in Boston, Beatrix's daughter. And then we'll go to Cape Cod. And that, I think that was our first long trip, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think so, anyway. So oh, that, yeah. that was a great experience. Yeah. And, really uh, and, and, and we, we struggled with this green card in this American Europe. Uh, thing and I one of the last times Sarah came through she was so distraught about this green card they had put her they had to take it away from me they're like you know, lie. this girl cannot lie for anything I was like what, you <laughs> what you're not paying taxes here I mean oh so I said you need to surrender it and just be be British be English so you did and we we, I think it fortified our relationship. We made more effort to travel in greater places. Thailand, we went to South Africa. We, oh my gosh. Yeah. We yeah. a lot of really great places together. Yeah. There's something when you live together and it's easy, you can start that friendship. But when you, it takes the work to do that, to coordinate your schedules and travel, that, that does make it seem like this is this important that we're going to do this. And that's what I think when I got to hang out with you guys in Paris, there was like, this is beautiful because I just love seeing those friendships that have lasted because I've, you know, some people you hear their, their bluebell days were like, that's a different chapter. And now I'm going to go do this. Yeah. But even like the reunion, I think people like, Oh, we are all connected. And this was a really great part of our life. And um, it's not just a different book <laughs> that it was something that actually like, especially the friendship because the rest of the stuff that comes out of that, we have pictures, but we don't have the same you know, you don't have any to take with you except for your, your chignons and your fishnets, you know, or your old makeup. It's like you have the friendship that came out of that, which is just so rich. And a few people talked about the life that we lived is not typical. So when you have these stories that are so out there to other people, you know what that means, like what it was like to be in those shows and the backstage stories. Like you, you, you both know that world. So like those stories just I'm run so deep. Lucky to have Sarah because, like I said, many many of the cast members and other dear friends that we had during the show, we weren't necessarily super close in our performing days. We've definitely become closer after the show, and I think perhaps because we were a couple of the dancers that left Reno, left Vegas, and made our lives outside of the show business world. So when I connect with Sarah. 
I find myself falling back into these wonderful stories and yeah. kind of so sharing the same little bed in a little hotel room in Paris <laughs> like this big. <laughs> and would you move all your hairspray off so I can put my toothbrush here? You know, just these little snippets <laughs> that come back. I think, I think for me, because I lived for 16 years in the States, so part of me feels a little bit that, you know, that I'm, well, I'm American in a way, and all my close friends I've formed during that time I was in the States. So, mm. you know, so Beatrix, you know, she's, we're very dear friends. And um, I, I, you know, my friends are important to me, so I want to keep that contact always. Um, but yeah, most of my friends I met during that time when I, when I was in the States, because I think you do in your, your younger adult years. That's when you form a lot of your closest friendships. Yeah, and, and staying staying in touch. I don't think it's been it's been difficult. And I no, I'm particularly close with Sarah. She's definitely my closest yeah. friend. But I still have this kind of in the back of my mind. I could just call Sue Hain, or I could just talk to Elise, or I could just call yes. Julie Simpson remotely. I mean that we haven't been in touch for years and years and years and years. But there's still this sort of bonded. Uh, trust i guess it is i don't know what it is that keeps us lined to one another but i don't know if i could really pick up the phone i know with sarah i could call her any day or night middle of the town anywhere and she'd be there for me so mm. yeah well yeah. same for me with Beatrix. you know she's always been there for me you know when i first came back to england and i was so unhappy it was so cold and damp and and miserable i remember calling her but just going oh, i want to come back and um she was always the one i i call you know when when i'm feeling down or you know i still need someone to talk to it was always beatrix so, so she's always been there for me in that respect yeah ladies that was so encouraging and heartwarming because it is like all the great experiences are wonderful but I mean, humans matter and relationships matter. So these are the stories that just go, yeah, those are the things that last. So I want to thank you for taking the time to do this. And again, thank you for letting me pal around with you guys in Paris because I kind of could have been a fifth wheel, but I, I just love just watching you guys' friendship and just felt like it, it spread out. Like it just felt really welcoming and wonderful. And I was just like, these are some amazing ladies. I just felt really honored to, to get to hang out with you guys that night and make that last night just even more special. So in that whole thing, because uh, there was a connection, like you said, instantly. And I, I want to thank you for, for doing what you're doing and putting these podcasts together too. Yeah. There's a lot of preservation happening. There's someone, uh, Chris Nunez, who's writing a musical about Bluebell. That sounds amazing. There's the Showgirl Museum in Las Vegas with Grant Filippo. There's another podcast called Showgirl Life with Athena. I'm going to say her last name wrong. So she's like, we all at the same time just feel this, this desire to keep the stories alive because it's not something we could just all go to Vegas and see a show now. So it feels important to tell the stories, but the stories of friendships are, are I think, top in, in yeah. what I enjoy just listening to. Lines too. I mean, they really do uh need a place in history they need a place in yeah. the museums i mean the, the showgirl is is no more i mean it really is um part of the fabric uh, of the world it, and and the dance world it, it it needs to be recorded so thank you yeah thank you yeah so best you guys if you uh because you're, you're a flight attendant sarah i didn't ask what do you do are you working or not working? I don't know, I like a lot oh, of that's awesome. yeah. i love I love yeah. that dancers stay in those kind of things and do so well to transition out of dance into something like Pilates or yoga or massage. 
a class every week. So. Oh, that's so great. So because you travel, I'm not that far. Uh, yeah, if you end yeah. up in Seattle. You. I've been to Seattle three, three, four times now. We, were actually we can get Annie B and Ann and Dawn. I, and I, get, that's get, great. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you guys again. You're just was you just on Facebook or absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Super. I'm on there a lot because I have to be, but I'll check. And if you're up this way, I would meet you. Absolutely. We'll go have some wine and, and yeah. uh, Seattle again. All right. Tell stories. All right. Bye ladies. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.